0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. He led the Pulaski Academy Bruins to nine state championships in his time there. Bill Belichick described him as probably the best high school coach in the country. His unique strategies garnered attention nationwide. The Zone welcomes... Kevin Kelly into the show. Brought to you by Bowen Heffley Orthopedics, the best surgeons, the best treatment, all focused on you.
1: Hello, Coach. You got any one-hit wonders you can think of from the uh, time at Arkansas? Got any what? One-hit wonders—guys who played one season in any sport at Arkansas. Oh.
2: Yeah, when you when y'all first brought that up, I was thinking U.S.
1: Reed, but, but I I don't know if he was a one hit wonder, but he was for me. Was he a one hit? Was he? We had, we had suggestions. Okay, I didn't realize that. He certainly had the most one of the most memorable shots in Arkansas history, for sure. He
2: did that for sure. Yeah. Half quarter.
1: Let's talk about. Uh, I hate to keep you know keep talking about it, but obviously he's just such an interesting guy, and it's such a sad deal. But the Mike Leach situation, we talked about it at length two days ago, and then. Really dedicated most of the show to it yesterday and kind of reliving some of our favorite moments from his clips over the years. Never got a chance to really know him personally. You, on the other hand, did. And as Wes and I were talking, it's like you guys both have very unique personalities. I'm assuming you guys hit it off pretty good. But what uh, what were your impressions of him and your memories of Coach Leach?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I talked to him a few times before I first met him. But back in when he was at Texas Tech towards the end, Right before he got in a lot of trouble for supposedly putting the guy in the closet, which was not true, I saw the electrical room that the guy was in. It was, he was really in a, in a, everybody remembers that story with Craig James and all that. He was really in a, in a press conference room and the kid walked in the electrical room and, and took a video of uh, the electrical room, said he was locked in there. And that turned into a crazy deal. But I was down there before that, right before that. And uh, it was funny. It was a funny story. I went down and Mike had said, to meet him at 10 a.m. at the football stadium So I go down, you know, stay in the hotel or whatever, get up the next morning and go over there. And of all people, Lincoln Riley, who was the GA for him back then, who's the head coach at USC now, you know, he meets me at the facility at 10, and he said, now what time did Mike pay to get here? And I said, he came to get here uh, right now because we're going to meet for a little while for talk some football and do some stuff. And so uh, he said, like, coach, are you sure he told you to? And I'm like, Yeah, I've got a text message right here. He said, He's never been here before noon. He he stays up here. He's a late night guy. And I said, Well, I can identify with that. And he said, But he's never been here before noon. And I said, Well, well, about eleven forty-five, Mike comes dragging in with a cup of coffee. It looked like he just woke up. And uh that that was my first impression of Mike. I was like, Okay, not real punctual, which I'd heard the heard from a lot of people, but I thought he told me 10, so I'll show up. But we hit it off that day, spent the whole day together and it was funny. We, we it, was, it was story after story. Then we sat down in the film room, watched a lot of football for a while, and, and it was a lot of fun. So we kind of developed a little bit of a relationship. we talked back and forth over the years. Probably like four, 15 years later, I don't know, 10 year 10 years later, uh, one day he texted me and says, hey, I've got a job open for like a receivers coach if you want to interview. And I said, yeah, okay. And so, you know, we whittled around and said an interview time. We talked at 2 a.m. in the morning. He interviewed me for his receivers coach job at 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, that talk went for two hours. And so <laughs> from 2 to 4, got to, got to know Coach Leach a little bit better. And, you know, I guess the last time I, I uh, actually uh, messaged with him was right at the beginning of this season, a little chit-chatting about something. But but uh, always enjoyed my, my time with him. And he's just like everybody – it's just like he is on TV, and I, and I love those kind of guys. You see what you get. He's not a different person off camera. He's the same dude all the time. And uh, I hope that uh, everybody uh, enjoyed, you know, his little his little post game press conferences or his, his uh, beginning of the week press conferences as much as I did. And and hopefully they uh, the the College Football Playoff Committee takes a little bit from the one that's floating around about his. His take on the playoffs—I don't know if y'all saw that—where, where, where uh, he was talking about, well, how should we do this? Everybody's dropping about a yeah. fourteen playoff, you know. Yeah, and then we played he goes that all yesterday. all the way down to Pee Wee—that's yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome.
1: That's a great so, clip.
2: Anyway, that was my—that was my relationship with Mike Leach, and uh, it was—it was awesome. The time I did get to interact with him, and I never, ever, ever didn't laugh with him and at him. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. What about, you know, you're an analytical guy and you appreciate great offensive minds. What, what did he do that was unique? What's his lasting legacy from a football standpoint?
2: Well, obviously the passing stuff. And, and what's kind of unique about it is he, did, he didn't he did evolve as much as the game has. He was doing that way back a long time ago at Valdosta State and Kentucky and Iowa Wesleyan and all the places he had been. And it didn't evolve much. he was just ahead of the game and what he did, they adjusted on the fly. And uh, I thought one of the the most unique thing about him that maybe people know now since everything came out Tuesday and Wednesday were or, or, or Monday and Tuesday was that his balance offense, he was big on what everybody says a balance offense. people think that's a 50/50 run pass but for those that didn't see it uh, when it came out, he believed you balanced it among your five receivers. You know, he Mm -hmm. looked and tried to get each one, you know, the slots, a certain number of catches, the outside guys, a certain number of throws. And that way he thought that would make the defense have to balance up and create these spaces and zones where they would know where they were and knew where where to attack. Anytime you throw one guy like 12 balls, he said the defense tries to converge on that. It screws up everything else, and he wanted to know where they all were going to be. So I thought that was pretty neat that his version of balance was – Spreading the ball around balance-wise, not not run pass. He didn't care if he ran it every uh, uh, pass it a hundred times a game, and ran it twice. He just wanted to balance it amongst
0: the, the skill guys. Coach, I'm watching uh, the Patriots the other night. Pierre Strong uh, had a nice outing as they uh coming in and off the bench. You are very familiar with Pierre Strong from his time at Little Rock McClellan. I couldn't help but wonder: Did you talk to Belichick about Strong? Did they ask you about Strong before they drafted him?
2: A long, I guess, yeah, a while back, every once in a while, he's looking at a guy that he thinks is in Arkansas, he'll ask me about him. And, you know, I told him, a matter of fact, I just I sent him a message right after that game. Uh, I said, you know, I'm glad to see Pierre Strong do it in the NFL because he sure did it to us when I was in high school. You know, I mean, I didn't know the kid was going to be that good. And uh, then he goes, I think, South Dakota State has an awesome career. And then in the NFL, he looks like he belongs, and that's all you can ask for. So, uh, yeah, he'll ask you about those guys from Arkansas because mostly not even what I think about them because he's got his own opinion. But do I know if they're good people? Do they love football? Have they given their coach any problems, you know, which is a good lesson for high school kids. You know, at the, at the college level, they, they think about that some. And at the NFL, they think about that quite a bit. because As you see the, the guys, the Antonio Browns and those kind of guys, you don't want to invest a bazillion dollars in people that are just going to give you problems because there's too many good football players out there. But, man, glad to see Pierre Strong representing the flow of Little Rock in Arkansas uh, like he did. and glad he's doing it with the Patriots.
0: That was pretty cool, though, to see Hunter Henry, big catch, Pierre Strong, big run, uh, Little Rock representing. Very cool. Uh, yeah. How, what's Very going cool. on with the now? Hayden,
2: Hayden, Go ahead. With, with McC- oh, oh, well, you know, I know somebody that – that knows Coach Kingsbury, and he just is put out with, with Kyler Murray. And, and I don't know if that's Kyler Murray, you know, all the things that come along with him, which is, is a little bit of, 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 a, of, a, of I know it better than – or I think I know it better than I should, which are, which are sometimes the worst kind of people to be in a room with as far as, uh, as, as knowledge-based or, or quarterbacks especially – if you think you know more than you really do, you're not really open to learning much when somebody's trying to tell you something, and you'll keep making mistakes on the field. And and they've, they've been at it, and ever since that uh, contract, when we everybody found out that they were first putting it in there, that he didn't watch enough video, that became a problem that it got out. Well, it became a bigger problem uh, for, I think, his own teammates to know. And there's a lot of a lot of that going on, and people are saying one of the two are going to leave at the end of the year. I don't know how they can unload Kyler Murray's core of a billion-dollar contract, but somebody might want him. And uh, Kingsbury, in the second half of the year, for the years that he's been there, has been atrocious with his record straight up and against the spread. But what they've done is, is uh, I, as you saw with Colt, the McCoy quarterback, I think they're more efficient than they are with, with Kyler Murray, because... When you just will not stay in the pocket, receivers never know where to go. They never they never get to finish their routes because the time they're cut, making the cut on their dig route or anything over ten yards, you look up and the quarterback's not where he's supposed to be, and you're having to find an open area to scramble to. It wears everybody out, gets a lot of holding penalties. So they've got a lot of problems. Uh, I hope Kyler Murray returns and, and is healthy and, and 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 gets back to playing football. But I just don't know how effective it's going to be as far as long as Cliff Kingsbury's the coach.
1: Those two can't stay married, right? You can't keep those two together.
2: No, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't th- I think one of them won't be there at the end of the year.
0: Okay. And now with the uh, ACL, I got to think it's even almost more impossible to move Kyler Murray. Huge contract, ACL may not play until who knows when, and I don't know if another team's going to want to take that baggage.
2: Yeah, especially because he doesn't stay in the pocket. He uses his leg. He's got to have a healthy mm-hmm. knee. And now they're just so much better at the rehab part of the surgeries and stuff like that. Maybe somebody won't think about it as much because there's been a lot of guys returned the last three years that have been buying in the NFL. Uh, as far as receivers go, which they take a little bit more of a beating than some of the quarterbacks do. But, but yeah, I think that is going to be a little bit tougher to move them. and. You know, that's what you got to think about when you're about to invest that much money in a guy, a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed almost. I think it's like $10 million being a quarter of a billion. And, uh, you know, when you think about that, you've got a guy that relies on his legs that much. Because let's be honest, he doesn't fit in the pocket and beat you. I mean, that's not his demo. He doesn't really beat anybody anyway, but he certainly (laughs) doesn't fit in the pocket and beat you. So they're they're in a tough situation Was that a low shot. Uh, He
1: doesn't mean, but it's it's true. I mean, hey, if the shoe fits, put it on.
0: You uh, buying Brock Purdy, 49ers, and how good he looked in the first game? Can he keep that up?
2: I I do because of the system that he's in. You know, I mean, I think they do a lot of play action, and guys are running wide open because they're so good in the running game. They move guys around so much and and shift and and use a lot of motion and things like that that their guys are as open, according to next-gen stats, their guys are as open as anybody in the league when the quarterback throws the ball. So that makes it a little bit easier. Play action buys you an extra half second of time to throw the ball. And and I think Purdy's never been a guy, even when he was at Iowa State, he's never been a guy that tried to do, quote, too much, what everybody talks about. As long as he stays that way, and, and they're not paying him enough for him to get the big head, as long as he stays that way and in that mindset, I think he's going to be fine because he's surrounded by a great team, a fantastic defense that – They went five straight games uh, uh, ended a couple weeks ago where they didn't give up any points in the second half. Zero. That's phenomenal. And as long as you've got that situation, uh, Brock Purdy might be the perfect guy for that job.
0: Kerry Kittle is probably his third best option on offense. I mean, think about that. Put that in perspective.
1: When you have a great tight end. Is Debo healthy? Is Debo going to play?
2: Yes, he's coming back. He's going to be fine. Uh, and then, like you said, Kerry Kittle's being the third option was two years ago their first option. Yeah. And uh, and then Christian McCaffrey acquiring him was awesome. Yeah, he's so true. good in the run in the pass game. They really started using the running backs. That gave Mike Shanahan, or, or, uh, Shanahan another uh, back out of the backfield he could use because he didn't use the other ones in the passing game much. He does McCaffrey, which puts a lot of stress on defense. And Brandon Ayuk is no slouch in fact. Yeah. I mean, he's very good, and uh, and then and then Quadgenic is very very good too. I mean, they're they're key pieces on offense, and their offensive lines are really good. Like got the left, best left tackle in football, probably. So yeah. you put those guys together, you might be able to put one of us three back there. Probably Wes. He's a little taller. People like tall yeah. quarterbacks, Justin, but uh, they West could probably do a pretty good job back there.
1: Yeah, uh, I think he's a tremendous slot. By the way, so you you watch what you're saying there, Coach. Let's uh, let's keep it real. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, high school we talked about. We're done there. Uh, NFL. Did, Cowboys did, y'all, uh, did y'all
2: complain about the Cowboys on Monday? Or are y'all happy not really? Well, know, it's the NFL. Happy they won, or you complain about it?
0: No, I'm happy they won. You, you turned the ball over like they did. Uh, what did you gave say? them 13 points? They did what? They picked a great day to have a bad day.
2: Really, yeah, I guess the worst team in football. Yeah, I guess that's that's, uh, that's true. But that was atrocious. And, and what that doesn't <laughs> say is championship contender, you know, that we're going to play that far down to that level. Uh, in a game of football when we've really just got to go out there and try really hard to play mistake real football and we'll win by 14 points at least 14.
0: yeah but. that was that
2: was alarming it was alarming to me but i did like that they came back at the end and all that kind of stuff but you know you do that with their with their record in the playoffs lately which is almost non-existent you know that doesn't bode well when you get when you get in uh you have a bad day when you shouldn't have a bad day
1: but they had a bad day, and they survived it and won against a lesser opponent, Coach. And the thing about it is, which team hasn't had a stinker of a game this year? I mean, other than the Eagles, which they lost a game anyway. But, I mean, you've had, everybody's had a couple of stinkers this year. Yeah,
0: the Eagles had a couple close
2: games. Sure. They did. And, and, and I guess everybody's going to, but the Cowboys have had more than, to me, the Cowboys have had more stinkers than everybody else. For their talent level. I just think they've had a lot more stinkers. Look at the Tampa Bay game, and I know yeah. that's a long time ago, but that was awful. The Philly game was a debacle completely until, you know, third quarter, late second, when, when they made a couple plays that Philly's let them make because they started playing dumb defense. And the Green Bay game was a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. It's been given up like four times in the last 20 years or something, something crazy small like that. I mean, that stuff scares me. In the Giants game, you know, they didn't look great. Uh, Even Chicago, Justin Fields made them look silly at times, too. And they ended up winning that game big with a defensive touchdown and stuff like that. But to me, they're not playing one game bad. They're going through stretches of each game playing bad. And that's what really scares me.
1: Uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. They uh have a better scoring defense than the Eagles. They're doing a lot of good things. I- I'm not worried about it. Biggest thing this week is I don't want the Eagles or the Cowboys to lay an egg. I'm not a fan of either team, but the showdown in two weeks is potentially fantastic. So well, I'd love for the Eagles to have lay an egg. Well, that'd be good for you. Yes. Yeah. But it will it will kill the hype a bit.
0: No. It makes it even
1: hyper. Okay. You know what? I hope the Eagles lose this week, Wes. Fine. If they lose to Chicago though, they probably they probably should uh relegate them down to like the uh, AFL. All right, Coach, we got to run. I, was, I appreciate I, Yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, uh, yeah! You know, I just want to send a shout-out to my guys at Bowen and uh Orthopedics. And uh, uh, if, if you've got something wrong, any joint pain, go down there and see those guys. Fantastic place, fantastic place to do surgery. And the clinic right behind uh, uh, right off Markham's Austin awesome to go to, too. Good service, C- great people.
1: You're a good man. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you.